This is a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. Go to allthews.3cr.org.au.
tuned into Queering the Air on 3CR Community Radio and I'm joined in the studio today with two guests, Eileen and Lilac. How are you both doing? Hi. Um, Good, I'm going really well. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty great. Um, Yeah, thanks for having us. Awesome. So today's show will be featuring interviews with both our special guests for today's show. Um, Yulin speaking about the new EP that she has released, Foul Water, and later speaking to Lilac about about um, disability pride and much more, and Lilac's an artist and researcher. So stay tuned to the show for that. But first, I'd like to start by saying, yeah, Veil to Archie Roach, who passed yesterday, and I know a lot of people are hurting with the passing of Archie Roach, and yeah, I just played that song before, um, Down City Streets, written by Ruby Hunter, the late Ruby Hunter, um, Archie Roach's partner as well. Yeah, so pretty sad time, devastating news for many people, particularly many First Nations people here, very big loss. And on that note as well, I'd like to acknowledge that I'm broadcasting over the lands of the stolen nations of the Rundry and Bunurong peoples. Here, and sovereignty was never ceded, and genocide and colonialism is ongoing. Stay tuned to Queering the Air. You're listening to 3CR Community Radio, 855am on your AM dial, and I'm going to play a track from Elin for you on 3CR, Pixelate. So I'll just get that lined up for... You listeners here on 3CR Radical Radio. Suck the sleep from my teeth. Horizon shattered tremble sigh. Mattress spasm under me. Watching you lie. Stain the sky Walk to the pantry And stand for a day Stare at late Plot reverse 
tuned into querying the air on 3CR Community Radio. I'm Iris and I'm joined in the studio with Yulian also Lilac. But now to the interview with Yulian. We just heard from your track Pixelate and you're described as gothic and unapologetic dissecting bloody topics gore, the apocalypse and love with a stronghold on the technical elements of folk, classical indie and pop songwriting. Yulin has garnered praise from Triple J and community radio across Australia. First, before we go into your music, would you like to tell listeners a bit more about yourself? Sure, sure. Um, uh, a bit more about myself. God, um, I think I'm uh, probably your run-of-the-mill kind of like uh, grumpy lesbian. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, yeah. Um, and uh, I've been playing music for a really long time and started releasing music um, as a as a solo artist maybe, um, oh, God, whatever pre-pandemic ago was, three years or three centuries ago, <laughs> yeah. 2019. 2019, yeah, yeah. Um, and recently, um, recently released this EP, Foul Water. Awesome. Um, so tell us about Queer Rage, <laughs> because that, sig- that single, Pixelated, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know, um, it's funny because it's something that, like, I only talk about among queer people and queer friends a lot. Like, I feel, um, but but 
while talking about some of this music, it's I suddenly have been talking about it to so many more people and <laughs> it's it's been a really interesting experience. I guess for me, I when I was writing the songs for this EP, I was I was really I was really uh, mad, I guess, and I was really um, interested in um, the fact that there's quite, I guess, over the last few years, um, queer culture, some queer cultures have become more and more um, quote-unquote mainstream and, and at least better known to, to general straight people than before. Um, but I would say that they've only ever really kind of included really specific parts of queer culture, you know, things that are consumable or entertaining or romantic or whatever, um, stuff that was really palatable to straight people. And I um, I found myself really being like, okay, so we have queer rom-coms and queer comedy and queer reality TV shows and... Um, and you know queer pornography but like what about like a like the queer like revenge horror movies because that's kind of how I feel most of the time actually as a queer person like and I I I felt like and a lot of my friends particularly I think uh in, in that kind of 20 you know that post plebiscite thing or just I found that a lot of my my conversations with my queer friends um and queer family were about being really pissed off and being really angry and 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 um and so I wanted to kind of I guess document that in in some way in a way that was very personal to me certainly not trying to speak for all queer people or any queer people other than myself but I really just um wanted to to document that and to express that. And so that's why I wrote um, a lot of the songs that are on this record. Awesome. Yeah, it's really good to hear, like, artists doing that sort of thing because, like, there is, like, a big push around, like, respectability politics and around, like, yeah, like, there's nothing weird about being... There's, like, like leaving behind weirdness with queerness or something like that. And, yeah, we need, just, like, all that... All totally. Totally. That- stuff that gets thrown out when you like live up to like straight or whatever ideals or whatever totally totally like I you know all of the bits that to me I really cherish about being queer which is about you know solidarity and dissatisfaction with status quo and like a deep connection with people and like um and like sex and weirdness and counterculture all of that kind of stuff has been kind of really um you know, is is really diluted for for straight audiences, and 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 it seems like a kind of compromise that many of us have made in order to <laughs> have adequate housing and healthcare and jobs and and um and sort of minimal minimum you know legislative discrimination or whatever. And so, um, it, it is really important to retain and to have respect for those parts of our culture, definitely. Mm. So. Sort of moving back now to the genesis of Foul Water, could you tell us about all the collaborations involved? Because I know producing an EP involves a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so previously I've only ever, I had only ever really collaborated with one person who's um, Neil Kelly, who um, runs Run Stop Sound down in Abbotsford and is like a dear, dear friend of mine, one of my favourite people on earth. Um, And uh, so... 
this time around, I wanted to kind of expand the circle a little bit more. So I still, um, I worked with Neil again as the producer, um, and but I brought um, Franny Chong in to play drums, who is like the best drummer in Melbourne, as far as I'm concerned. And I'm not biased, but she is also my cousin and like is incredible. She's so incredible and really got what we were going for. Um, Lauren Malavi played clarinets. Um, and, but that was kind of it. It was really, um, it was, it was still, you know, relatively tight circle and it was really Neil and I doing a lot of work, like, you know, he did the production and the sound engineering and everything was recorded in his studio, but it was many, many hours of he and I kind of, you know, writing things line by line and trying like, you know, a lot of trial and error. So, um, what we lacked in, in sort of collaborators, we sort of, um, made up for in sheer hours spent in the studio. Awesome. So in terms of some of the themes in your music, you know, you were maybe last back in the studio back in 2019 when, um, Zan and I were in the studio as well on Queering yes. the Air. Mm-hmm. And in that interview, you talked about being um, a little teenage goth. <laughs> yeah. So would you like to tell us a bit more about that and like the haunting quality in your music? Yeah. Oh, my God. I could talk about being a teenage goth for ages, probably way longer than you have time for. I'll just like bring my live journal up um, for you. Um, yeah. I mean, I was totally um, a kid who was really interested in kind of spooky stuff and I don't know I've kind of like tried to trace back the origins of this many times I don't know if it was because like being mixed race and having dark hair I was like always for some reason when people say representation matters to me I was like people with black hair that is a representation (laughs) that I want in my media um so I don't know if I just was like goth is a natural fit for me as a little kid I always wanted to dress up like a little witch and you know I had a cape that my um sister bought for me from the school fate that I used to wear around everywhere um and um and yeah as I as I uh got older I think I was really in my um, older teens, I was really into kind of 80s goth music and like The Cure and Sisters of Mercy and Joy Division and stuff. And I always liked, you know, I think I on some level kind of resonated with that idea of alienation and, and, and building on that idea so much that you create an entire like culture and aesthetic out of it, I think was really cool. But also like, I love goth stuff because it's like really camp. There's something really funny to me about the idea mm. of like dressing up as a bat and swooping around because you're like having a bit of a bad day (laughs) like that is uh, there's something that's very queer about that like the melodrama and the campness and and sort of walking that knife's edge between like as serious as something can be and being a little bit silly at the same time that's really interesting Mm -hmm. to me and I really like writing um in that way yeah Cool. So, yeah, with your debut album, it was entitled Spit in Somebody's Mouth, and there's still a lot of, like, a lot of mouth in this. I know, yeah. And I'm like, yeah, what yeah. was the track that starts with Suck? Yes, there's always, there's Suck, there's, like, another track is called Just to Feed. I think after listening back to this EP, like, I finished recording it in April, and listening back in the last few months as it's been, sorry, not in April, in August last year, but being um, listening back to it since April, um, I'm like, wow, I have a lot of digestion stuff. I don't know what it is. I think it's like, um, I like things that are a little gross and a little like, uh, it, 
uh, gross, horny, um, and essential for survival. <laughs> That's like a trifecta for me mm. in terms of like um, symbolic resonance. So yeah, mouths. I think I feel a bit like I might need to like, you know, have some psychoanalysis um, analysis and uh, think about why exactly <laughs> mouths resonate so much to me. That seems totally normal to me. I mean, just like going back to that visceral nature of like, that's, that's basically human nature as animals. Those are the things that like are the primal things that seem to resonate with us, even though we consider ourselves a lot more intelligent than we are. Yeah, there's something really cool about, I think, bringing things back to a really base primal level that I really enjoy as well. And I think that for me, um, you know, being a woman who plays like the acoustic guitar and sings songs, um, I'm always, I think that a, a big part of me has always kind of embarrassingly been trying to like push myself away from some idea of like a whimsical super polished you know fey white blonde kind of um figure <laughs> mythical figure that exists in my mind yeah. and so like being able to really tap into gross stuff feels like tapping into like what is quintessentially me which I really enjoy mm. awesome so you brought a, a guitar into the studio I did yeah, would you like to give that a play soon? And while you're getting that out, I'll just, for everyone that's joined in, you're listening to 3CR Community Radio 855 AM. Radical Radio on your dial there. Also streaming online at 3cr.org.au forward slash streaming. Digital radio later on demand and podcasted. And we're in the studio here with you, Lynn, and Lilac. Thanks so much. I'm going to play a song called um, Cut It Loose. Dark leg, miss the turn off, take the avenue Pull red through your lungs and hold it there Pull red through your veins The way you have to do Static rising Thickening the air Sit up straight, babe It won't make no difference it's not up to you, it's what you wanted Win or lose, no need to shout Not up to you, you'll grow around it Win or lose, or cut it out You thought that you could choose Cut 
I don't know what makes a rage a holy rage You and I both know that I don't care No flame needs a blessing from a clergyman To set fire to somebody's head So take the bait, babe Like it makes a difference It's not up to you It's what you wanted Win or lose, no not up to you You'll grow around it Win or lose I'll cut it out You thought that you could choose See Just cut it loose Wage the good war Set the town to ruin Tear the bells down From the rafters of the ice And walk away They never Anyway, leave some calling out to you. Your fatal floor Wanting more Wow Well That was incredible Thank you Thanks Yeah Amazing so so good thank you and you have an ep launch coming up i do yes i do um i'm playing um at the gasometer in on um brun oh god gasometer on the end of smith street brunswick street don't worry google the address i'm I'm, um, I'm playing at the Gasso upstairs um, on uh, Friday, August 19th. And um, I'm going to be playing with um, my full band, who are the best. Um, and I love them all. And it's going to be a really um, awesome event. And I'll be supported by Leo um, and also by Palmer, who are two 
amazing um, songwriters and um, you would really be a fool to miss out on them, if not to miss out on me, because um, they are, they're both incredible. I'm really excited. That's well, amazing. Yeah. Awesome. I'll provide a link to that in the show notes for the full details for the listeners. Thank you. Thanks so much. Oh, and there'll be free N95s at the door if that helps anybody out with, like, we want to try to make sure it's a safe an event as, um, as is possible to have in these really unsafe and very weird times as well. But um, would love to see people along. Mm, mm. Yeah, it is. Yeah, we are in perhaps the peak of this BO5 wave here yeah. in the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thanks so much for joining us here on Queering the Air, you, Lynn. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a treat. Really appreciate it. Any final thoughts? Anything? Oh, God. Any final thoughts? Probably not thoughts, but I can um, mindlessly spruik. Um, please um, listen to my music, um, you, Lynn, um, Y-I-L-Y-N-N. Uh, I really appreciate it. And if you can come along to the Gasso on um, the 19th of August, that would be wonderful. Awesome. Definitely check that out, listeners. You definitely have a new fan. Oh, brilliant. Thank you. Thank you so much. Up next is Don't Let a Good Girl Down by Thelma Flum. Stay tuned to 3CR Community Radio. It's kind of icky The depths that you go To bring a good girl To bring a good girl down just cause you're icky Don't mean that you're down To bring a good girl To bring a good girl down It's kind of icky How you pick a side That only suits you That only suits you at the dark 
Are you wondering how you can pledge your support for a 3CR radio program during Radiothon? It's easy. Call us on 9419 8377 or visit our website at 3cr.org.au. Or you can even come into the station at 21 Smith Street, Fitzroy, during office hours and pay by cash, cheque or FPOS. Or simply post us your cheque or money order to P.O. Box 1277 in Collingwood 3066. And thank you for being part of 3CR's annual Radiothon. And you're tuned in to Queering the Air 3CR Community Radio. I'm joined in the studio with Lilac. And the previous track I'll back announce is Don't Let a Good Girl Down by Thalma Plum. So, Lilac is a practicing Melbourne-based artist, researcher, and decolonial intersectional advocate who is cutie BIPOC and suffers from genital blood disabilities. But before we get into more of that, would you like to talk a bit about yourself some more for listeners um yeah sure uh i don't know where to start well my name is lilac uh you can also call me miriam my pronouns are they them to everyone she heard of close friends because they already know my identity better than anyone they can call me whatever they want and he him when i'm in drag like full glam (laughs) um yeah i uh currently am doing my master's at rmit and have been for like forever in fine art and I do a lot of research on neo-colonialist identity and um, I'm also a a queer and intersex person who suffers from a complex complex intersex um, variant called clitromigliae. As far as we know, unfortunately, I am. I underwent mutilation quite young, so we it is a lot more complex than people who were, I guess, done legally. <laughs> um, and I'm also from originally from Egypt, so um, yeah, my family is um, a mixture of Egyptian Nubian and um, and yeah, so a bit mixed race, even though I'm from. A particular place and I also have a thing called sickle cell disease which you can only get with the afro genus um, and basically all your blood cells are shaped funny and only produce one positive ion instead of the three four things yeah <laughs> mm, yeah thanks for sharing all those things yeah um, yeah I was thinking of starting first a bit around it being the last day of disability pride month here oh, yeah. in um, it's a July, yeah, July, and yeah, that originated in the, in celebrating the passing of the Americans with Disabilities Act in 1990, and that act came about after a bunch of direct action by disabled people, particularly those protesting the inaccessibility of public spaces, wheelchair and mobility aid users, and it included the arrest of 104 people on the Capitol steps in 1990. So it was a big thing, but the month has sort of been become a broader thing around the world beyond that to celebrate disabled pride and combat systemic ableism. What are your reflections on Disability Pride Month? See, I'm a, I might be a little bit um, on not so much the winning side with that, where I'm like, it's great that we have a Disability Pride Month, but I don't know many people who are aware that it's Disability Pride Month, let alone, like, people who are... 
I guess, willing to learn. <laughs> um, particularly right now with the global pandemic, I think we magically saw all this accessibility we were after. And then the second they stopped caring, magically everything went away and things became less accessible. So mm. I know it's po possible, but there needs to be like a level of care there that I don't think society particularly has. Yeah, for sure. It has been pretty dramatic shifts in like, like people and the state in terms of pretending um, that we need to protect all lives and now this, this sort of like whatever, just let the virus go around. There's over like 100 people died in so-called Victoria that was announced on Friday and that was, you know, some backdated cases, but it's pretty shocking the rate of death from COVID-19 and how quickly like thing, like small accessible things like was rolled back and how that's affected like people accessing GPs and accessing like events. So yeah, it has been a pretty disappointing time for many people and disabled circles. Um, I think when the pandemic hit during the part of the pandemic where they actually like cared, um, it was, it was because other people were getting affected by the limitations that we already had. So in that regard, it became a thing where they were like, okay, we care about the able-bodied and the able-bodied need all these things that we've been asking for for ages. So we automatically had all this incredible accessibility. People were working from home um, and, and like you could just get everything dropped to your door without even having to say hi to a person. And it was great. Um, another thing was like all the homeless people just magically had housing and then poof, the government no longer cared about the pandemic because it was going on for too long and mm -hmm. no more housing. It's like magical houses that appeared and disappeared and people are now going back to work. So it's going back to people not so much caring about those people who aren't able-bodied, those people who are with disabilities and things are becoming less accessible again. Um, and... That unfortunately is really obsess like upsetting, particularly with a pandemic going in. Like it's it's worse than it's ever been. They might stop with like calling the difference between like a Delta and Omicron, but now they have subvariants, and those subvariants are kind of treated as lesser than because it's not a new variant, but it is in a sort of way. Um, and unfortunately, now that are people going back, people are, um, are like returning to normal things. They're forgetting about us who are kind of immunocompromised for the most part and are like more likely to be exposed. And it's pretty funny that it's all happening around Disability Pride Month. Mm, yeah, it's pretty stark at the moment. And also I was thinking like we like we have lots of pink washing of queer stuff. That's pretty prominent, but like there isn't as much as like corporations like leaning into oh, like yeah, no. that for disability. But I think it's something about like the construction of disability and capitalism. Obviously disability exists outside of capitalism, but how it's constructed in terms of how it undermines this idea of work and if you like how it devalues people who don't fit like these norms of work. And I think it's like harder for capitalism to uh, not pinkwash because that's that's the queer word for like 
yeah hiding like oppression through like putting a rainbow on it but yeah like it's i mean they're 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 hiding our oppression by pretending we don't exist (laughs) we have a whole pride month and i don't think anyone has even spoken about it like i watch a lot of like political commentary channels and stuff and a lot of them are say they're like pro like disability activism and stuff and not a single one of them has mentioned it even though they mention disability issues all the time um and i feel like that is really indicative of how people say see disabled people in today's society it's almost like oh when everyone had the possibility of getting really sick all of a sudden we see accessibility but no more and especially with all the things happening with COVID at the moment and all the past few years, people have a lot of compassion fatigue and it's harder for them to kind of even think about it. It's almost like, it's almost like it's something that people don't think about anymore, that there's people out there who have had to go through this almost their whole life or for long periods of time. And to a lot of people, it becomes just like, a nuisance there's less and less compassion as things go forward because there's so much going on Mm. yeah the other thing i forgot to mention in like the previous thing you're talking about like the 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 whole thing when the government uh made hotels accessible for people without houses houseless people yeah there's like a there's a series on 3cr that i listened to like some of that started last week the homeless i think it's homeless in hotels series that's like exploring those hotels that's really interesting to listen to only listen oh, to yeah i didn't know about yeah, definitely, that definitely oh, i can link listen. it to you i can link link it to listeners in the show notes it's really interesting i think one of the things like listening to it that i was reflecting on was like yeah like it was good they were offering some form of like shelter but hotels weren't like proper housing for houseless people it's like no it was very chaotic for like the people that were speaking on that show it wasn't really addressing the systemic things but yeah definitely yeah. tune into that yeah no that's that's really interesting um and i do want to be more educated on that subject so that's really good that there is something like that out there yeah. um but yeah in general hotels are i mean we're using them as prisons in this country so <laughs> oh yeah um, yeah the yeah the whole like refugee detention industry has expanded during the pandemic as yeah. well with the use of hotels. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of people who are who claim to be intersectional forget that intersectionality includes more than just what's visible on mainstream. And a lot of a lot of people who fall under these situations are people who should be considered part of our community as like as like decolonial intersectionists. Um, but one that's forgotten a lot is disabled people and, um, they're not given a lot of space within like the intersectional community and they're kind of, their voices are kind of like muted a lot of the time. Mm. Yeah, for sure. And sort of pivoting to another thing to speak about we've had this like general environment of media and mainstream media attacks on intersex and trans people not that that's never like that's ongoing thing but it has been more prominent in the mainstream media and it has stuff around sports as well oh yeah 
what do you think is like missing in terms of not from obviously the mainstream media's vile and it's like perpetuating oppression, but what do you think is missing in a discussion of like understanding that and responding to it? I feel like in order to do that, we have to acknowledge disabled people as people who are on equal footing to people who are able-bodied. Like, um, I'm not sure if you're aware of the story, but currently in Canada, this woman recently got permission to be euthanized um, because her disability made it impossible for her to live in her, like, environment. And they've currently been pushing for laws like that in other countries where people are kind of giving up and taking legal options to end their life because the environment that is built around them isn't accessible to them. And that's something the mainstream media plays in because if the mainstream media spoke more about like how simple things or even just things that happen throughout the pandemic have helped people who are disabled, then we would be able to be seen more as an entire human being instead of someone who's in the shadows. Mm. Yeah. Did you get the part where I was speaking as well about intersex and trans people? Yes. Yeah. Uh, well, we're like as in intersex, like as an intersex person as well. Um, once again, we don't really have much images on the media for the most part. We, um, within like very leftist socialist media, people mention us every now and then to remind people that sex is just as fluid as gender. And I'm like, great. So my entire identity is just some kind of debate point. Um, mm. And that's about as far as representation goes for the most part for intersex people. And as a trans person as well, trans people, we are lucky in that we're getting more media attention, but with more media attention comes more transphobia. And unfortunately, it's weird that people see us as weird so in all these different intersectional factions it's just not quite right or the things you do see are very whitewashed or um are kind of like i don't want to say pinkwashed but because pinkwashed is not the right word but it's kind of like become like sanitized yeah it's sanitized it's like you have elliot page on the media like he's great and everything but you kind of um, you kind of see him as kind of like the palatable trans man, whereas you've got a lot of people who are trans and would never get that representation, who like might not exactly pass or someone who was intersex who m might have a more complex variant um, and they're not properly represented more than someone who has like um more straightforward things and yeah there's a spectrum and we don't really see that mm, for sure and if you're just tuned in you're tuned into querying the air on 3cr community radio 855 am and i'm here with lilac so you're also a researcher can you tell listeners a bit about your art history yeah um, knowledge so I, um, I mean, I, I take a lot of it from my own cultural identity and because of colonialism, a lot of 
what my culture originally had, a lot of other people's cultures, has been bastardized to be inexclusive when it once was a lot more intersectional. So a lot of my work is based on that and how colonization, both religious colonization and physical colonization, has impacted the way that us as people of color, as black people, as indigenous people, have um, like come to this mentality through the influence of colonialism. So a lot of my work is based on that. It's like we used to be in a place where like it was normal to be a trans person. It was celebrated in so many different cultures and religion and like history shows that. But only when like like colonialism came about and religious colonialism did these things kind of become a shame like for me I'm really big on body politics I like to walk around naked and um I mean I'm a fat person and I'm I'm totally fine with that but the like so many people would like look at me and be like hey you need to cover up and that was never part of my culture ever my cult like like if you go back to ancient Egypt and like the Nubian population, we would just be shirtless all the time. It was normal. But because of colonialism and religious colonialism particularly, because with Egypt, religious colonialism came first when um, like Mark came and preached and then Egypt became um, like a monotheistic country. And then later the Midians came and attacked and then brought Islam to Egypt. Um, so a lot of my work is based on that history, that anthropology, and why colonialism is kind of the reason why there isn't that intersectionality in all these different aspects of what was once normal and celebrated is now shunned upon and ignored in the media or just in general. Mm. Do you have, like... What sort of art do you find really speaks back and like undermines colonialism? Well, I'm a performance artist mm. and I don't shy away from confrontation. A lot of my work is very visceral um, and I, I do a lot of things by using my body as that canvas. My body is broken. It's fat. It's, um, it's like it's black and just having it there and using nothing but my body and my voice, I feel like I'm able to portray like my history and what my ancestors would have wanted for this world. Mm. Yeah, cool. Do you have any plans in terms of more performance art? Because I think I've seen you one time before. That was quite some time ago. Um, actually, yeah. I'm currently working on work with my um with my grandma so we've been like communicating from here to Egypt and we've been talking a lot about the khiten which is in Arabic it's basically female genital mutilation but in my case it was done because of an intersex variant that later mm. messed up my whole life I recently did have a hysterectomy so that's finally over for the most part but with her case it was just normal it was something that everyone would do so I found out that all the women all the women in my dad's side of the family and my mother's side of the family to an extent have all be undergone genital mutilation. And we've been doing a lot of work about um, generational trauma and how we've kind of turned from there. And um, 
Um, the word, the the work is very personal to me and it includes like my favorite person in the world and just being able to meet the old with the new and understand things better about myself, about my family and about who we are as people. Yeah. So yeah, you might um, see that coming up soon at some point if I can organize something. Cool. At the moment, I don't really have much that I've been working on because I have only just had my yeah. hysterectomy and yeah. I'm finally able to physically do things that I haven't been able to do in the past. Mm. Well, the time's gone really fast. We've reached the end of the show now in Karingzia, unfortunately. You've been hearing from Lilac. Thanks so much for coming into the studio. No problem. Sorry, that was that may have been a little bit chaotic, but... <laughs> no, it's fine. Uh, <laughs> bye. Bye. And this is OB Love Push by Kate. Mental cigarettes on the kitchen floor You know how much I hate you smoking And your asthma always acting up on a fool You're never really on my mind I just think of you from time to time Can finally say I'm sleeping well at night Don't need weed singing me a lullaby I feel like I'm your mama Cause it's so damn hard just to please you But now that's not my problem I got no more OG love kush for you I feel like I'm your mama Cause it's so damn hard just to please you But now that's not my problem I got no more OG love push for you, boo I wanna see you do nothing but the best But in order to do that I think it would be best I believe you on scene Block you off everything Stop imagining that ring I stop this as if drinking Hoping that I see you on the weekend Going on my girl's phone to check your time You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.